Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. And you really had to wait yesterday for the best matchup of the day. There were a couple other good matchups that you had in the NFL. Ones that I was looking forward to. One that panned out. One that did not. Smaller matchups that didn't get as much attention as Falcons Packers did last night, whether it was Tennessee and Jacksonville or Philadelphia and the Kansas City Chiefs, the Chiefs and the Eagles playing an exciting game, but Tennessee running away with it against the Jacksonville Jaguars late. But it was not the greatest day of football up until then. You had some real boring ones. The Steelers and the Vikings, incredibly boring with Case Keenum as the quarterback because Sam Bradford couldn't go because of his knee. This was a matchup that was supposed to be one of the better ones of the day. The Vikings coming off that really good performance on Monday night, going to Pittsburgh, total dud. The New England Patriots, never in doubt. And they've got issues with injuries. It doesn't seem to stop with their pass catchers. They have issues there they're going to deal with, but that game wasn't in doubt. And you had two teams that are just awful play into overtime with the Arizona Cardinals and the Indianapolis Colts. And then later in the day, close game, real good game between the Dolphins and the Chargers. But it was all leading up to what was clearly the best game of the day and night on paper, an NFC Championship rematch in a brand new stadium down in Atlanta between the Falcons and the Packers. And the Atlanta Falcons in week one against the Bears were just not themselves. They weren't that good defensively. Offensively, they didn't look like they were anywhere near the team that we had grown accustomed to. So the whispers started of, well, here is that Super Bowl loser hangover again. Once again, we're going to have this team that loses in a Super Bowl and in dramatic fashion, as we all know, 28-3, to we don't need to go over it. But here we are in a situation where this Falcons team is going to come out and they are going to lay an egg in 2017 in their brand new stadium. They were going around on the NFL today on CBS doing upset picks, and you see all the pregame shows, upsets, who's going to be the team, the big upset, and the trendy upset pick last night, even though it wasn't that big of an upset if it were to happen, but most people picking the Packers. Packers are going to go in there, the way they play to get to the Seattle Seahawks, what we saw from the Falcons in week one, and the Packers are going to go and win the game, and it just didn't work out that way because the Atlanta Falcons played like the team and showed the strengths that they have that could easily get them back to the Super Bowl. Both sides of the ball, Atlanta Falcons. And that's when they're at their best, clearly, when that defense and those stars on that defense, Vic Beasley, Trufant, when those guys are making plays defensively, especially against a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers in an offense that you know is going to hang in there, and they did come back, cut the lead to 11, you know that Rodgers is always going to keep him in the game. To make sure that you have both sides of the ball working in tandem like that, the Atlanta Falcons are just a juggernaut. 
and Brian Jones is with us now. Brian, good morning. What's <laughs> happening, brother? <laughs> and Brian Jones is with us. Uh, I am great, Greg Giannotti. We, I think we have all our technical issues figured out here, so I'm hearing you, and, and I hope you're hearing me. Yes, sounds good. Ooh, so how's, yes. how's your house down there? Uh, house, a few little uh, nicks and, and, and cuts and abrasions, but uh, for the most part, it's it's okay. Some uprooted palm trees that just tells you how brutal that storm was, and that, we didn't even get the, the full brunt of it. So, uh, luckily, just lost a uh, patio, ceiling fan, and, and a few trees. So, uh, everything's cool. And you'll be home just in time to experience a tropical storm that we're going to get up in the yeah. uh, the New York area. So. Yeah, exactly. Get back just in time. Show you guys how to uh, wade through that, right? And, and and now we have another one brewing out in the the Atlantic. Maria is heading towards uh, Puerto Rico and probably the uh, maybe the, the Dominican Republic. It's just brutal, man. But tis the season, right? Yeah, uh, it, it is. It is hurricane season. And just uh, maybe because we forget about it every year, we... We think that it's it's it, this every year is the worst year, but it just this one seems extraordinarily bad. But anyway, uh, opened up the show with the Falcons and the Packers last night, and and that new stadium I'm going to call the Big Artichoke because that's what it looks like to me <laughs> from the top. I, the thing is incredible; it really it is. is so cool looking, and you've got that halo inside that the broadcast was featuring. Uh, it felt intimate, too, in such a giant setting. I felt like the fans were close. It was loud. I really think, just on TV, that that it was. It seemed like a real amazing place. And the Atlanta Falcons came out and played like the defending NFC champions and what should have been the Super Bowl champions without choking it away uh, that they were last year. Just an incredible performance. Uh, the stars came out. Matt Ryan, Julio Jones on the other side of the ball, Trufant, and Beasley, and yes, the Packers are dealing with some injuries offensively with pass catchers as well. Jordy Nelson goes out with the quad, but I mean, this was the Falcons' night, man, and you just totally forgot about week one struggles against the Bears. Uh, definitely, and, and I don't know why I thought Green Bay could walk in there and, and get a victory with the Falcons opening up a new stadium, and I agree with you. It just looks phenomenal. I can't wait to see it in person when we go down for the SEC championship ball game, but uh, a tremendous uh, facility. They, they were breaking in last night, and they broke open that offense once again, especially Julio Jones. No one knows how to cover him, especially the Green Bay Packers. They've tried myriad strategies and schemes, and they still can't uh, hold that cat down. And, 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 and it's, it's compounded when you can't stop the run. And, and Atlanta was able to run the rock with their two-headed monster, their running back, and, and Matt Ryan looked like the MVP. MVP quarterback he was a season ago, spreading the ball around to wide receivers, to tight ends, to backs. So he used his full array of weapons offensively, and and uh, they got after Aaron Rodgers. I don't, I can't recall Aaron Rodgers being hit as many times as he was hit in this ball game. Uh, and so without a couple offensive linemen, uh, there were sideline, and as you mentioned, Jordy Nelson also went out early in this contest. Uh, he just looked like a mere mortal uh, going up against that defense. Yeah, and they kept showing those guys, Bakhtiari being one on the sidelines and just staring at that offensive line and, and the struggles that they had. And and that's been an issue and been a talking point with you know a lot of teams early on. 
you know, when these offenses struggle, that's what everybody points to, and, and rightfully so, struggling offensive lines. The Seattle Seahawks is, is one, oh, certainly. Um, horrible. And, and then you have what you had last night when they're, they're missing a couple of guys, and they, they still hung in there, the Packers, just because, yeah. you know, Rodgers is, is what he is, and he can basically, it doesn't matter who's blocking for him, he's going to make it competitive. Well, I, I thought Green Bay's defense was dominant a week ago, and they were, but look at the competition they were facing. This Seattle Seahawks offense is just a mess currently, and, and Russell Wilson, good thing he, he dropped a few pounds because he's going to need as much speed, as much agility as he can find, and, and athleticism is going to be a key for him this season unless uh, a miracle can happen up front. So Green Bay facing that offensive line, juxtapose that with what they had to encounter last night. It was night and day uh, because you had a better offensive line, better protection, and you had uh, a quarterback that found time uh, to get the ball to everyone he needed to to get it to. So a big difference from week one to week two in terms of competition for Green Bay's D. And yesterday was great for me because I can't stand when you have that gap in between the last 4 o'clock game and the Sunday night game. Uh, yeah. because just I, I don't know what to do with myself at that point. <laughs> and, and I don't want to hey, – football night in America, I don't need to hear Tony Dungy say the most obvious thing in the world. <laughs> I just watch all the games. I don't need to see the highlights. Uh, Dungy actually said if Gronkowski's out for an extended period of time, that's going to be a problem. Oh, you think? I mean, I mean do we, we need to say this? Um, so, so I didn't know what to do. I don't know what to do usually, but because of the weather delay between the Broncos and the Cowboys, I mean, we had football all the way up there. It was it was tremendous um, to have that delay and then and then watch football. It wasn't tremendous for you though because your team no. got walloped. Thank you. They, yeah, they beat them to the crushed. beat them to the white meat. Yeah, man. <laughs> wow. And I tell you, and it, to not run the ball against that Broncos defense, which. Everybody runs the ball against. They're a great pass defense, not a good run defense. And you saw them just totally take Ezekiel Elliott and that run game out of the equation. That's where the game was won to me. Of course, Trevor Simeon looking really good and the the Broncos putting up a ton of points. But uh, defensively for the Broncos, fixing those run defense woes was very impressive. Well, it, it helps for if you're a quarterback, if you have a decimated secondary. Now they were without Orlando Scandrick coming in the ballgame. Then you lose two more DBs back there on the back end. And, and so that opens up a, a lot for you. you got rookies out there like Jordan Lewis who did get a, a, an INT. Lucky for him, the ball found him more than he found the ball. Uh, just a miscommunication on that particular play between Simeon and the receiver. Uh, but I was a good win, an overall great win for for the Broncos. They dominated the Cowboys throughout that ball game. The defense could not get off the field, and when they did get off the field, the offense couldn't do anything with it. So uh, a huge performance. I think the big turning point was when the Cowboys, I think it was 7-7 at that point, the Cowboys hold the Broncos to a field goal, and you get the call on Demarcus Lawrence, who's playing lights out, really getting to the quarterback consistently. But he gets the, the leveraging call on the uh, the field goal there, they take the three off the board, then they get a, a, a touchdown after that, and then it was just on and popping for the Denver Broncos. So not a, a, a stellar day for the Cowboys defensively. Offensively, they couldn't do anything, and, and they wanted to stop the run, and that's what you do. You stop the run, make Dak Prescott beat you. We saw a season ago where Dak didn't have to really rely on his arm unless it was late in the ball game, not there early, where they're taking all the running lanes away from Ezekiel Elliott, and so much for that big, bad 
offensive line for the Dallas Cowboys. They couldn't do anything with the the defense and the pressure that the Broncos were placing on them. That being said, uh, Zeke Elliott has to play better and can't have that attitude that he displayed yesterday. We saw that when he was in college after Michigan State lost there. The next week they went and boat raced uh, Michigan. But you can't just sit there and sulk and, and you, the team the quarterback throws a pick and you're, you're looking like you lost. You know what you're supposed to do. Get on your horse and try to bring down yeah. the, the the guy that intercepted the ball. But, no, he, he was sitting over the, or standing in the middle of the field looking like, woe is me. Yeah, he hasn't. I mean, let's take the off-the-field stuff out of the equation for a second. Uh, on the field, he hasn't had a ton of adversity, either in college or in the pros. I mean, his rookie season was off the charts. Um, and then you had, of course, his college career was unbelievable. I mean, I remember watching that guy running that national championship game, sitting next to you, knowing at that point that he was going to be a star. So when these things happen and these bad games crop up, you, you do see that attitude change. And I read the stat this morning that out of the Cowboys' first nine drives, if they had, I don't know how many more they had than that, but they, they only ran the ball twice on first down. So they threw the ball seven out of the nine times on first mm-hmm. down. And, and that, to me, shows that you know they just weren't comfortable with what they saw defensively. And I don't know how many times Dak Prescott checked out of a run because he saw 10 guys in the box. I- I'm not sure. Um, but, you know, if, if you're going to, at that point, make that team that one-dimensional and thus take away the play action as well, which has been such a huge deal for Dak Prescott and that offense, then then all of a sudden, I mean, this team looks pedestrian. And and that's exactly what the Broncos did to him. Now, I think the Cowboys are too good for every team to have that approach and, and silence them with it. I think that the offensive line, Zeke Elliott, Dak Prescott, I think they're too good to have every team now copycat that, and then the Cowboys are going to be done. But at least for yesterday, it worked. No, no. This is a teachable moment for the for the Dallas Cowboys. Well, every defense they face now look and possess the type of playmakers on the D that the Broncos have? No, they want. That's a heck of a secondary, Aqib Tlaib, even as he gets older, still uh, one of the best in the business, a smart, witty player, and, and of course, the, the pass rush from Vaughn Miller. Uh, so not everyone's going to have that type of athleticism uh, on their defense, but that being said, the Cowboys have to play better. Dak Prescott now, he, and he, he knew this going in, everyone's going to try to take the run away. Can they be successful doing that? Well, they were yesterday today and you're going to have a game like that every now and then unfortunately mama said there'd be days like this uh and and Dak now has to play better and he admitted such and 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 you know the, the pick six for the 103 yard return that was a bad pass on his part the game was over essentially anyway at that moment but still uh, you, you don't want to throw that pass if you're Dak he was off somewhat uh, uh, uh not somewhat quite a bit Uh, in the passing game, but I'm not putting it all on his shoulders. But the quarterback is the focal point. you got to make plays. He didn't make plays. Defensively, they didn't make plays. They couldn't tackle to to save their lives. And it was one of those games where you're like, can we just get this over with? And and you, unfortunately, you go through those, and and now can you get better? Can he get better? I think they will. Uh, And they were probably wishing that rain delay lasted a little bit longer, the way they were dominating that. That's one of those games where you just want, can we just get on the bus and get out of here? And and it happens, but you can't quit. And that's exactly exactly what Zeke did, and he looked bad. Uh, he just looked like he was out of it, man. You you keep fighting when things are not going well for you. Keep on trying to push through, and, and even if you know it's inav- inevitable you're not going to win the ball game, you can't do what he did. That is a terrible look, and he looked like just a little old child out there with his lips stuck out because he wasn't, or things weren't going the manner, in the manner in which he wanted. 
Jason Garrett, I've criticized a ton for not saying much ever. Yeah, right. I mean, if things go bad, he's, he claps. And that's, that's the extent <laughs> of his emotions on the sideline. We was asked about stuff in the post game. He never says anything. Doesn't matter. Win, loss. I mean, the guy just, he's robotic. I mean, he is the, the Stepford wife version of a NFL head coach. Uh, so he did actually get a little bit into the category of criticism, believe it or not. He's dipping his toe in the criticism waters yesterday after the game. Let's listen to Jason Garrett. When they play that style of defense, you have to you have to be able to consistently attack them in the passing game. At different times today, uh, I thought we were able to do that. Other times, we simply weren't. Uh, we, we didn't make the plays for whatever reason. We'll go back and evaluate the tape and hopefully get better because of it. It's never going to get worse than that. That's the, that is the worst criticism you're ever going to hear from Jason Garrett, which is you have to be able to make plays in the passing game, which is basically saying that Dak Prescott didn't, and then that's that. But you'll never hear him criticize his team uh, or himself worse than that soundbite right there. Uh, that, that's true, and uh, he's right. There weren't plays made in the passing game. You give credit to the Broncos' defense, but they, they, they'll they watch that film, excruciating as it will be. They'll watch it, and they'll see, well, we didn't make a play here. We didn't make a play there, and, and, and that's true. And, and so early in the season, get the bad taste out of your mouth now, and then we'll see if they can pick up the pieces and go on a roll. I'm going to bet that they can. Uh, heading into the season, and we've discussed this many a times, uh, I wasn't overly optimistic that they could reach the level in which they did a season ago going uh, 13 and three uh, you know, I, they, they still are playing better on the defense we'll see what happens with that secondary but they are getting some push up front which I like didn't tackle well yesterday but this is one game and, and, and it just counts for one loss so they will learn from this coming up next an Andrew Bogish update more NFL from yesterday including a dance or showing up the opponent We'll talk about that next. Talk to Gio and Jones now. 855-212-4CBS. Cowboys didn't give up 100 yards to a back uh, last season, I don't believe. Second game of the year, they give up one. Yeah, that that was a trend yesterday because Mm -hmm. the Chargers, I believe, hadn't given up a 100-yard back in a game for like their last 13 or 14, and then Jay Ajayi went over 100. So run defense is crumbling everywhere. it was, and, and, you know, just to, I guess, put a bow on the, the Cowboys' uh, demoralizing loss, Deion Sanders made some valid points about Des Bryant. And I've been saying this for a while. I, I, you know, while he's a hell of a receiver and he makes some acrobatic catches and some that should count that didn't count, uh, does the guy play like one of the elite receivers when he's going up against elite competition? And I would say no. He doesn't. Yes, he had the touchdown catch, perfect pass there in the in the, the first half from, from Dak Prescott. But other than that, does he get separation? And does he come up with some big-time plays in, in when you're going up against other elite competition? No. And and, and Deion Sanders, he, he mentioned Julio Jones. He mentioned Antonio Brown. Oh, Those yeah. guys There's show up so each and every week better, no matter though. who they're playing. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I mean, but – I never looked. I never thought of Dez in that category. I always thought that he was a, a tier below. Yeah. And I think yeah. the fact that he's a cowboy is why people talk about him more. But right. I mean, he's he's a he's a tier below. I mean, there's a there's yep. a lot of guys I like over Dez. And you want to talk about the the two, you mentioned the two best in, in Julio and Antonio Brown. And when Julio 
gets going like he was going last night, and you just see him just mm-hmm. galloping down. I mean, it's like trying to cover a horse with you, human hands. Right, it's and impossible. I would put Jordy Nelson in that in that number uh, when he's healthy. I mean, that guy just can light up the scoreboard. Yeah, and uh, Jordy in the quad. You had Gronkowski right. in the groin. Uh, the weapons going down uh, left and right yesterday for uh, for great quarterbacks. Andrew Bogus is here with an update. What's happening, Andrew? Gentlemen, good morning. So the Falcons ended the Packers' 2016 season in the NFC title game and have now handed them their first loss of 2017. Atlanta, a 34-23 victory on Sunday night football. That lead, though, is big as 24. Aaron Rodgers hoping Green Bay can figure the Dirty Birds out soon. Well, I hope we can, you know, because this is a you know, potential matchup down the line. Um, hopefully we put ourselves in that position. But, uh, you know, it's a tough game. They're a fantastic team, very well coached, MVP quarterback. Rogers Did three. whoever get that sound wear a wire like he was uh, <laughs> <laughs> working for the FBI or something? What the hell? Oh, it's just beginning. Sit tight. Rogers threw a pick late Could in the first please, half. Please uh, speak clear. Instead of pulling as close <laughs> yeah. as 17, speak right into my lapel. Yeah, yeah, right. Get a little closer, will you? So instead of pulling as close as 17-14, his team trailed 24-7 after Tevin Coleman's three-yard TD reception. Rodgers started the game without his starting tackles, then lost wideouts Jordy Nelson and Randall Cobb to quad and shoulder injuries, respectively. This was the Falcons' first game in their new stadium. Devontae Freeman scored twice on the ground. Desmond Trufant had that big pick of Rodgers and a fumble return for a score. It has happened again to the Chargers. Snap, hold, kick is up. And it is no good. (laughs) No good. Matt Money Smith (laughs) on Chargers Radio. Wow. Yeah. Nothing to see here, folks. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, a little bit more emotion there, just one way or the other. <laughs> Young Way Koo breaking hearts, uh, missing from 44 yards with five seconds to go a week after a tying last-second field goal was blocked in Denver. The Chargers losing to the Dolphins 19-17 in their first game in Carson, California. They got to they gotta change the spelling of his name. It can't. It's just when you see Young Ho on the screen, right. yeah. it's just it's, yeah. it's impossible. For, it doesn't scream way. I mean, it just. <laughs> but I mean, you, everybody, and I know the announcer will say it, whatever. But when yeah. you see it out there, and you're a football fan, and you're a man, and yeah. you, it, I mean, and you see Young Ho, it's just that's what you're thinking. That's why I asked Bogus last week. You sure that's the pronunciation of this <laughs> no, man? That that guy, man. I feel terrible for him. Yeah, Had two opportunities, and this one was more his fault than the other one. Uh, I don't really know trajectory or special teams lingo about what happened on that block, but uh, and this was just a flat out. He pushed it, just brutal for the uh, the fight in Anthony Lynn's. Yeah, I'm a hope. <laughs> and it gives them it's their eleventh one possession loss since oh, the start of last season. Worse than Notre Dame. Washington oh, held wow. off the other LA team twenty seven twenty. The Broncos beat up the Cowboys forty two seventeen. The Chiefs topped the Eagles twenty seven twenty. Tennessee hammered Jacksonville thirty seven sixteen. And the Panthers outscored the Bills 9-3, but Carolina tight end Greg Olson says he's going to miss, quote, a lot of games with a broken right foot. Ryan Zimmerman homered twice. Steven Strasburg allowed just one run over six. The Nats beat the Dodgers 7-1 last night to avoid a three-game sweep. In the afternoon, the Astros clinched the AL West 7-1 over the Mariners. Shortstop Carlos Correa. It's a great moment overall. You know, we're very happy to be here. Uh, you know, this is what we work for. Ever since we showed up in spring training, we wanted to do this. 
So here we are. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, she's got the base going. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> One of 50,000 baseball parties we're going to see from now until the end of the season. <laughs> well, the Indians, I don't know if you know, saw this yesterday. So they clinched Saturday night when somebody else lost after they played. So they'd already like left. Yeah. They had champagne after their game yesterday. <laughs> they love it. And I understand. <laughs> I, do, I do understand. To me, there's, there's two times, well, maybe three times that you do it, is clinching the playoff berth at a regular season. It's a long season, and that I could see being a celebration. And then I guess winning your respective league. Yes. That's one, and then winning the World Series. But I don't think you can celebrate when you get into the like the wild card. You're in the wild card round, so you clinch a playoff berth, then you win the wild card game and then celebrate again. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Right. And then win yeah. the DS and celebrate again. Yeah. It's like, that's, to me, that's, that's way too much. But whatever. <laughs> Have fun, guys. You're having more fun than I am, so. Uh, the Astros, by the way, are the first team ever to win three different divisions, having already claimed the NL Central and West. Clemson is now number two in the AP College Football Poll after thumping Louisville Saturday night. Alabama, of course, remains number one. Mississippi State and San Diego State ranked for the first time this season. And Brian, finally. Martin Truex Jr. won the opener of NASCAR's postseason at Chicagoland. I uh, didn't I call that? I you believe did. I did. You did. Yes. You nailed this one. Now every I week. Yeah. Every week. I've, I've been on a roll. I think I've gotten the last three. Well, I do think that you didn't mention a ton of names this time either. I think you just. I know you guys say the same damn thing every week. I always give you three names. That's but it. But I think this one you, you might have even done fewer. I think you just went with Truex. Maybe I don't know. No, I went with three. I was trying to help you out there, Brian. Oh, <laughs> is that what that was? Well, I'm yeah. so unused to that. Yeah, you missed the wink, wink, nudge, nudge yeah. since you're yeah. down there. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> How was Nolans, man? It was fun. It was a lot of fun. It was a cool. unique situation for us because of certain circumstances of trying to work everything in and going in and out. And uh, so I was a little bit worried about squeezing fun into this as I went to a wedding this weekend in New Orleans. Good friend of mine who you can hear on CBS Sports Radio occasionally on the weekends, Andrew Filipponi. So it was fun, though, man. We ended up going out a little bit Friday night to dinner. I went to the gumbo shop. I uh, was able to experience that and go out on Bourbon Street. My wife went back to the hotel and then went out with a couple friends on Bourbon Street for a little bit. Uh, nothing crazy. And then uh, the next day, you know, did some tourist stuff. You know, the Cafe Dumans of the world and the uh-huh. aquarium. Got you some beignets. And, yeah, of course. And uh, and the wedding was nice, man. It me uh, hot as now. I was in Vegas for Mayweather McGregor, and it was like 108 degrees. But that hot down there is just a different hot. I mean, it Dry. is. It, yeah. I mean, it in New Orleans when it was 90 with like 98 percent humidity, and you'd walk 10 feet outside, and just every bit of energy was zapped out of you. Uh, but it, I mean, listen, it's a wonderful place. And uh, it's it's like no other place in the country. Did you get on Andrew about having a wedding during football season? Uh, not this was not the time or place oh, for okay. that on his on his wedding day. But I it's funny because I sat with a at our table. It was me and three other sports radio talk show hosts, 
So we were all talking about when we were flying out, when we had to be home, the stuff we were missing, and we are going to be able to watch Triple G Canelo. The wives were commiserating about the crazy lives that we have and it revolves around sports. One guy was lucky, does mornings in Houston, Mike Meltzer, and the Texans played on Thursday night. So he was like, I don't really. I mean, I do local radio. Who cares? I already got my game in. Uh, The other guy, Danny Parkins, does middays for the score in Chicago. He had an early flight like I did. He had like an 8 o'clock flight. He had to get back to make sure he was there for the Bears game, and he can't miss that, and uh, tweeting about it and everything else. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's listen, it's a little tricky, but what are you going to do? You know, you got to be there for your friends. I got a little emotional at this wedding. I did. What? I got Why? emotional. I don't know. It was weird. It just, like, overcame me. Because this guy, he was. we both moved to Pittsburgh at the same time. And, you know, we're talking, what, seven years ago now. And he didn't have a place to live. I barely knew him. And he slept on a couch for two weeks while he, he tried to find an apartment. And I remember just, like, thinking at that point, you know, and he's had some success in the business. I've been lucky enough to have some success. You know, we're both married now. So I just had this moment. I was like, man, you know, you think uh, sitting on a couch uh, commiserating about life and go, where the, what the hell did we just get ourselves oh, into? He was up there. The and, softer side he was really right. happy, and I was really happy for him. Yeah, I don't, oh, I'm not afraid to admit you. that. There yeah. you go. No, don't be afraid, man out there. It, it, it very rarely happens. <laughs> very rarely happens. But that, you know, ever, that ever happened to you? Like, just, you, what? so many sad things will go on. You never, you never cry. And then all of a sudden, something out of man, nowhere you hits you. And you're like, you're like How, why the, what the hell's going on here? <laughs> happens why, all the time. Why am I doing yes. this? Yes, it but does. Anyway. When you okay. reflect on life and things you, that have taken place. Yes, that happens. Nothing wrong with that. So, Brian, it cleanses the soul. Right. Is there something wrong with Marshawn Lynch basically having a seizure on the sidelines while dancing <laughs> in the face of the Jets who they were blowing out? Now, if you watch this game, hey, the Jets the Jets have such a low standard now, but they hung in there for a while. I mean, good for them. They hung in on the road for a while. You go to halftime, you're thinking, wow, I mean, good for the Jets. Uh, but then, of course, they they opened it up, the Oakland Raiders, and did what you expected them to do. Uh, and then, when the lead was uh, the game was out of hand, they play this song on the, the the stadium speakers called "I'm Really from Oak- Oakland." This is it right here, <laughs> featuring Vel and DJ Mustard. So they start playing this song. And if you haven't seen the video yet, Marshawn Lynch is just losing his mind dancing. I mean, it's like as, he's in the club. As intense as you could yeah. possibly be. So now, the, the score at that time was, what, 35-13 yeah. Raiders. So the, it was pretty much out of hand. And, and so, I mean, look, Marshawn's going to do Marshawn. Right. He didn't have a great rushing day. I think he's only about 45, 47 yards rushing. But that's Marshawn. And if you don't like it, it, it's like this Baker Mayfield planting the flag. If you don't like it, don't allow him to win on your field. Now, Marshawn's playing his first home game as right. a Raider. So you know he's excited about that. And then I guess this song is the anthem around those parts. So he got into the groove. Yeah, I mean, this this is an easy one for me because, first of all, the Jets are – this is what was supposed to happen in the game, right? The, the Jets are a team that's not going to win many games. The Raiders, a lot of people believe, have the talent to go to the Super Bowl. The team is leaving Oakland in a couple of years, all right? Great fan base there. They're leaving. <laughs> they bring in a guy, Marshawn Lynch, to basically be, 
you know, a short yardage back, you know, someone to help their offense, but really a glorified mascot because he's from there. Right. People love him. They put that song up there. They're blowing the Jets out. He's dancing. Everybody's having a great time. I mean, that's what this was about. This had nothing to do with the Jets. I mean, the Jets are saying it's right. demoralizing everything. I mean, it's this is Marshawn Lynch. This is what happens. So, they, they, well, you had the whole crowd going nuts. This is an anthem around there, apparently. Yeah. And so everyone was into it. The game is pretty much, you know, fourth quarter, I'm less really than 13 now. minutes. <laughs> and, and everyone was getting into it. Yeah. It was a big old party. When you get your ass kicked like that. Huh. What do you want them to do? I'm going to make a remix of this. I'm really from Bellport, though. Yeah. <laughs> South Country. Well, you're route. pretty good at that, man. I told you. I texted you and Mikey B over the weekend, told you your little rap, uh, your ode to uh, to Rick Neuheisel and his singing went over pretty well. They enjoyed that. Yeah, well, and if they really want to play one on the air, because that was not for air. That was just for you guys to have some fun. Right. But if they really want to do one and, and play it on the air or, or whatever, it'd be tough for you to do it live probably, right? You probably don't want to do it live on the air. But um, um We'd figure it out. Yeah, you would, I guess. But, I mean, yeah. you, you'd have to really practice a lot. Yeah, we may have a new uh, BJ in the Sanctuary <laughs> song like we did last year. We may have another one of those on, uh, in the future. Okay. Uh, but if they want to play one in the air, we can clean it up a little cool. bit. Yaw, 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 Good job. No, 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 no more yaw, 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 yaw. No, 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 no. We, we moved on to hip-hop now. <laughs> <laughs> I've totally forgotten about how silly that sounded. All right. Uh, coming up next, we'll talk some college football. Of college football. It's Gio and Jones on CBS Sports Radio. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. I was a point away from going 6-0 and in picks. Damn, Army didn't keep it close enough. It was a 31-point deficit, and it was Army plus 30. But other than that, I got everything right, and one of the picks I felt strongest about ended up playing out that way, and that was Clemson, only minus three on the road at Louisville. And, I mean, this defense is just, I mean, they are now the talk of college football. They are suffocating. They are relentless. And I know that Lamar Jackson can still put up some numbers and do some things because he's just he's yeah. just that guy but i mean right. i mean the performances we have seen out of this Clemson defense so far and Kelly Bryant and his quick maturity and the fact yep. that he is able to keep this team at a spot at the top of college football i mean they are they're scary they're good they're incredibly well coached they're confident they've got one of the best facilities in college football they are they are it right now. I mean, I know that Alabama is yeah. always going to be right there in the conversation. With Clemson, to come back after that title, to lose your quarterback, a first-round talent in the NFL draft, and to be kicking people's teeth in like this early on in the season, I mean, watch right. out. Well, before I, I comment on, on Clemson and, and their stellar performance, so you almost went 6-0, and so you're 5-1, and one, and I have one game left, the Monday night football game tonight, uh, Giants in Detroit, but... I think I did all right, didn't I? Yeah, didn't I think calculate you, mine, Mikey B. I think you went f- other than USF and Illinois. I I, I think I, I you I, might I'm, be I'm doing- four and one. I gotta check. Yes, yeah, I, I believe so. All yeah. right, so I just wanted to put that 
on, on record. Get that in the, in the record right there. But uh, Clemson's defense, I, I thought they'd go out and have another dominating performance. They did. Now, uh, Lamar threw for over 300 yards, but he, did, he couldn't use his legs, and I didn't think he would be able to. They corralled him uh, pretty well. And, and so the offense, though, for Clemson has is, is just uh, been outstanding with this young quarterback because the guy doesn't play like a young quarterback. He's a big guy, about 6'3", 6'4", he's strong. Uh, he found Ray Ray McLeod all night long uh, against that uh, Louisville defense, that backhand. I didn't think Louisville had enough defense going into this contest to, to, to play with Clemson, and that uh, uh, came to fruition. So uh, this, this Clemson team is, is hella good, even with a, a first-year start at QB. Yeah, and I know that everybody, Dennis Dodd wrote about it, talking Alabama-Clemson again, and uh, I wouldn't scoff at that uh, no. uh, uh, at all. <laughs> I mean, because in college football, too, I mean, it's not like you get different personalities. I know that's all about the head coaches in college football, and you see these guys again for the third time, but who doesn't want to see that? I mean, if that ends, and we got a long way to go, uh, right. but... Who wouldn't want to see that? I mean, this well, to me isn't like the NBA or you, you get fatigue with the same teams in there every time. I think it's a little different in college football because there's so much turnover within the yeah. roster. Right. Well, I, I thought Auburn would have a chance to knock off Alabama with the way they played. And I didn't expect them to come out and, and play with the same uh, intensity that they had last week on the road there at Clemson where they lose 14-6. to But taking on Mercer, a team that just – really reinstated his football program about three or four years ago, I believe, and they hadn't had one since uh, World War II. Uh, and, and, and lay an egg, have five turnovers, and, and win, what was it, 24 to 10 uh, in that ballgame. You're good enough to overcome five turnovers against that team, but uh, they just played so bad. Eventually, it, it kicks you kick in the gear, even though you're not excited about taking on a Mercer. That doesn't uh, get you, uh, anyone, pretty much excited. But you, you eventually put them away, and they didn't do it. There was still some drama there late in the ball game. So I, I thought defensively they, they played like a championship team on the road last week. Uh, uh, now I, I, I'm starting to wane on them a little bit after this week's performance. So, uh, But M- Mississippi State, the way they just whipped up on LSU, I did not expect that yes Nick Fitzgerald is the truth but they were more physical they wanted it more I was sitting there watching Mississippi State and wondering where the hell did Dan Mullen get all these athletes from a buddy of mine texted me and said from from Ole Miss Uh, (laughs) uh, (laughs) but it it, it was a hell of a win for Dan Mullen now they go on the road versus Georgia and I'm jumping on that bandwagon because the way they played uh, and, and the intensity they brought, uh, it, it was it was just uh, phenomenal to watch that beatdown they put on LSU. I don't think anyone expected that. And I'm wondering how you say ass-whipping in Cajun right now because <laughs> that's exactly what LSU got. So uh, it took us this long to get to USC, Texas, and, and the thriller that it was. And that was another pick that I had. That was a rocking chair for me, Texas plus 15 in that game, and I know the, the the moral victory stuff makes everybody puke, and I will never say the moral victory thing, but, I mean, this was one hell of a performance by the Longhorns, and I think that when you're looking to regain greatness, there is something you can take out of a loss like this. Now, that's not something that Tom Herman probably wants to hear, those players want to hear. I mean, it's still the Longhorn fans, still a devastating loss because you win that game, your entire season changes uh, however, to go from where they were against Maryland to come out and play the way they did against USC 
and 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 really put themselves in a position to to win the game. Uh, I think is is tremendous, and this was about as entertaining of a football game as you could possibly have. And the stones on this Chase McGrath walk-on freshman kicker with that 43-yarder in that second overtime. We always talk about how bad college special teams can be, college kicking yeah. can be, and for yeah. this kid to walk on in that situation, critical field goals in the fourth quarter, and then in over second overtime. I mean, just hats off to him because we always. We never seem to give credit to these young guys. It's always when they screw up, then a bunch of people send death threats to them on Twitter. So uh, right, that guy, des- uh, that guy deserves a ton of respect. And 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 Bush Jones and the Tennessee Volunteers would like to have him right now because yeah, their kickers certainly. missed three, and, and Samaglia, who made the first one from. 51 started celebrating doing the Ezekiel at feed me. Well, they fed your ass and you threw it up because you missed two more. And then Metley comes in, he missed misses one. Uh, so yeah, it, it's a di- difficult job, especially on that stage, big moments uh, for that young man at USC and in Texas, I thought they grew uh, in the victory versus San Jose state a week ago. I, I thought coming off the heels of being pushed around by Maryland, you saw a team that went out and dispatched of a inferior foe in San Jose State, and they whipped them 56 to nothing. So I, I, I saw some, some, some promise after that, that ball game, and that's why I thought going into this one on the road versus SC that they would be able to cover that 17 points. And they should have won the football game, to tell you the truth. And, yeah. and they played lights. And that defense was phenomenal. That's Texas defense. Three times they stopped USC on fourth down, uh, once right there on the goal line. So they kicked butt. Malik Jefferson – Looked like the the all world linebacker he was recruited to be, and and then you had Deshaun Elliott with the two uh, interceptions, and he had one for was a pick six. Now defensively, giving up that touchdown right there prior to halftime that hurt a lot. That really killed momentum, and then allow Sam Donald to drive the team down the field about forty five seconds left on the clock, and and to tie the ball game up to send it into overtime. You got to play. Uh, those prevent defenses uh, a, a lot better than in which the, the, the Texas played and, and which SMU played, giving up a Hail Mary there at halftime where no one even tried to make a play on the ball. And, and of course, the way Tennessee played. And I, I was sitting there yelling at the screen watching that Tennessee ball game. Safeties, get back. I couldn't believe they were playing as close to the line of scrimmage as they were. Nine seconds left on the clock. You have to know the situation. But that being said, all in all, no more victories. But this Texas football team, is getting better. Now, we saw them under Charlie Strong get waxed by TCU one week, then go back up to the Metroplex and be a top-ranked mm-hmm. Oklahoma team, and you thought they had turned the corner. So hopefully we, this is something we can believe in. Even though they lost that ball game, hopefully we can believe that they've really turned the corner now. Got more college football to talk about. We want to do it with you. Lines are open right now. It's your turn to ask Brian Jones a question about college football, your team, concerns you have, praise you have for them, and the big stories coming out of this weekend. Clemson looking the way they did. Texas hanging and almost beating USC. 855-212-4CBS. 855-212-4227. It's all about you and your college football phone calls. Ask the expert in Brian Jones. Man's a genius. Gio and Jones, CBS Sports Radio. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. 
Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.